Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and thanks for joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason. You know, I, I was just in a conversation with a guy that's run his own business for 18 years, and he was fascinated by the discussion on reinvention because he, of course, uh, like all of us that run our own enterprise, is looking at the challenges and how he's going to be around, be relevant, eight, you know, 18 months, 24 months from now. So he asked me some questions because, as you probably know by now, that's one of my big topics, reinvention. I do speeches and consulting with companies that need to reinvent. I said, well, why do we got to do this? And he's like, you know, there's a lot of people that are out here saying, Damien, why would I reinvent? You preach it, but hell, what I'm doing works. I said, you know, that's a brilliant point. Many, it is a brilliant point that indeed most folks are going to say, I don't need to reinvent, I'm doing just fine. And that might be true. So what we're going to discuss here today is why you need to reinvent even when you don't think you have to, and then how you go about doing that. Because this is what I told him. You know, let's look at, let's look at a basketball player who's really dominant in the paint, and they can, they can dunk the basketball on command on demand, right? I mean, that's just what they do. So here's the thing. That basketball player has one singular element to their game. They're really good at it. But eventually there's going to be somebody that can stop them from dunking that basketball. So that's one problem. Secondly, if you are that basketball player and all you ever do is go in the paint and dunk it, you don't move the defense at all. They know exactly what you're going to do. So if you stand out there in the perimeter and call for the ball, ain't nobody even going to come out and guard you because they don't have to. So in other words, the marketplace doesn't have to do anything if the marketplace already knows what you always do that you only are capable of doing. Third part of this, eventually, eventually everybody not only catches up with you, someone's going to do it cheaper. You know, the the marketplace gets flooded them with other people that can dunk the ball, and that's all they can do. And they don't need a $5 million contract. They'll do it for $2 million. You understand where I'm going with this? Now, that's a basketball comparison. You're like, Damien, I'll play basketball. I don't either. But uh, I'm giving those uh, comparisons because it's very, very dead on of why you've got to reinvent. So, you know, everybody knows my story that I was a political comedian guy and then uh, things happened bad with that whole business. But also after 9-11, a lot of my my business holdings uh, went south in a really bad way. So what I learned during my reinvention with my business was that I always figured, man, I'm good. I'm good at what I do. So why, why hurry into making a big change? And then I say, all right, when that time comes, I'll just spend a year and make this adjustment. And that's the bigger thing that we got to realize. It's going to take you longer to get retooled than you think. You're not going to be as crisp and as fast out of the blocks as you probably think. You know, we get cocky because we're good at what we do. And we think, okay, well, then when this changes, I'll just go ahead and make the adjustment. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But also, there's a lot of humbling experiences that you will go through because being really good at what you currently do does not, because the old thing, past success does not guarantee future accomplishment. You know, they just say that about uh, investments. Uh, if you invest in a mutual fund, what's the disclaimer say? Past performance is not an indicator of a future uh, yield. Same thing for you. 
you might have been really, really good at making widgets, but that doesn't mean you're going to be really, really good at uh, selling window cleaner, right? Um, <clears throat> that's one big issue right there is it takes longer. Why do you need to reinvent? Because the marketplace is going to keep changing because somebody's going to come along and do it cheaper than you. That's the other thing that happens. Remember, the uninventive, the uncreative, the commodity mindset looks at what you do and says, well, I can do it cheaper. They'll say, I can do it better. They'll say, I can do it and charge more for it. Usually, it's, I'm going to do what they do, and I'm going to sell it cheaper, which, of course, means there's a race to the bottom. Eventually, you can't do things cheaply enough. You know, eventually, you can't work on zero profit margin. So that's why you reinvent, because the uncreative among us are going to come gunning for you the only way they know how, and that, of course, is to do it cheaper. Why else do you need to reinvent? Well, the marketplace keeps evolving. Your product may completely go out of style. It may have no relevance whatsoever. You know, there was a time when people sold phone booths. There was a time when there was a company that made a lot of money manufacturing phones. There was a time when somebody made a lot of money printing up yellow pages. You know yellow pages still exist? Nobody uses them, except for maybe if you had to prop up a child at the Thanksgiving dinner table. But <laughs> nobody uses the yellow pages. Uh, these are the realities of an evolving marketplace, and every marketplace is evolving. Why do you need to reinvent? Because you're going to get commoditized, because somebody's going to come along and do what you do cheaper. I had a woman tell me once over lunch that she thought the way to be successful was to look at somebody who's doing something successfully and then just copy them. <laughs> well, I guess that's what China's done, and of course they've stolen from us as well. But at some point, copying means you're just in, tier, you're just in, in position two. At some point, you've got to do it better. Hence the book and the podcast, Do Business Better. We're not chasing perfection. We're chasing better. And part of being better is rolling out new offerings to stay ahead of the competition and ahead of the marketplace. Why do you need to reinvent? <clears throat> okay, give you one other reason. Because eventually, your customers are going to die. You know, again, I, I do a lot of presentations on the subject of reinvention. And one of the big elements I talk about is you've got to change your customers. Okay, to reinvent, you change your product, you change your customers, you change your image, and if you're really good, you can change the industry. You know, Elon Musk is trying to change an entire industry. Uh, Facebook changed an entire industry. There are some companies that really, really do this, and it's very difficult to do. Uber changed and is changing an industry. Forever, it was, how cheap can you run a cab? How dominant can yellow cab be in any given geography? Is yellow cab going to compete with a bus? Well, what's the other option? Walking. Oh, wait a minute. You mean now my competition is a guy named Roy with his car and a cell phone? Holy Hannah, who saw that coming? So you talk about changing your customers. Every one of us has a customer base or a client base. One of the truisms I go with all the time, every dollar you're going to make for the rest of your career is currently someone else's dollar. So if that's the case, and it is, we all are reliant on customers and clients. Some of those customers and clients are going to go away. So this is why you need to reinvent. And part of reinvention is changing your customers, finding new customers. There's reasons you got to do this. First off, some of them are going to go away. They won't go away because of uh, anything you did wrong necessarily. That might happen, but usually they're going to go away because uh, they died, they retired, they got fired, they uh, their company got 
merged. They got bought out. They're no longer the person that makes the decisions. You see how this works? We all have this situation where our customer base is not static. It's not the exact same. It's dynamic. It's changing. It's always in flux. So you got the, <clears throat> you got the issue of your best customer dies. Your best customer retires. Your best customer gets fired. Your best customer gets bought out. Your best customer gets demoted and is no longer in charge of decision to do business with you. That's why you got to always be cultivating new clients, new customers. Part of reinvention is changing your customer base so that you will be relevant and also have a people to give you their money next year, next decade. Another reason, speaking of customers, you get pigeonholed. You know, this has been a big problem. It was a big problem for me. Uh, the example I use in my book, Do Business Better, is about a guy named Dave. Smart guy, very rich guy, very successful business owner, multiple, multiple businesses. The man hired me about five or six different times. He even booked me to come and do a political comedy show at his class reunion. The problem is, I don't want to be a political comedian anymore. The marketplace and the demand for my political comedy show was completely dried up. But Dave still sees me as a Bill Clinton impersonator, political comedy act. I've moved on. I don't do that anymore. Happily don't do that anymore. It's all fine. But there's a person that thinks that that's what I do and that's all he sees me as. Now think about this. You know, in, in Hollywood, they call it typecasting. The guy that played Cliff Clavin on Cheers has really struggled. His name is John Ratzenberger. He had a show called Made in America. That was pretty cool where he was the MC, but uh, the host. But you know what? Nobody sees him as being the guy that can play a Shakespearean actor. Nobody sees him as the, uh, the Matt Damon. He's typecast as Cliff Clavin, the mail carrier that sits at the bar and cheers. 30 years later, we're all typecast. We're all pigeonholed. Your business is really good at doing something. That's what puts you on the map, right? That's what makes you your money. You're damn good at doing what you do. The thing is, a lot of your clientele see you as only doing that thing. Hence the need to reinvent and the reason to find new customers and the reason to roll out new products. And even if you roll out a new product, some of your existing customers will not ever buy into it because they only see you as doing what you used to do. Some of those people actually want you to stay stagnant because then they can whittle you down on price. They've been doing misery for 10 years. Well, why wouldn't you go ahead and just let me whittle you down a little bit? After all, this is all you are as a widget manufacturer. The need to reinvent. Keep profit margins up to seek out new customers, to roll out a product base that might give you relevance in tomorrow's marketplace. Why do you need to reinvent even when things are good right now? Well, you've got pigeonholed typecast issues. You've got the customer issue. You've got the fact that some customers go away. What else do you got? We've got the real risk of extinction. You've got the real risk that you're not only going to be commoditized. You're not only going to be brought down in price. You're not only going to lose customers. The real risk is you might completely be irrelevant. You might be absolutely aged out, phased out, and extincted, <laughs> which isn't really a word. You'll be extinct. Why do you got to reinvent? Okay, gave you the reasons about the customers. Gave you the reason about the marketplace. Then there's the reason about you. I remember working in a ceiling tile factory, and I remember working alongside people that if their day varied by more than about one-tenth of one percent, they were a mess. They knew that they came into that ceiling tile factory and looked at ceiling tile boards going down the conveyor belt and flipped them one on top of the other as long as they passed inspection and put them in a box. Do you want that to be your life? 
for the goodness of you, you know, life is about evolution. Life is about growth. Stagnation is slow death. So you reinvent yourself, your business offering, you'll be amazed at the feeling it gives you, the euphoric, uh, the euphoric uh, idea of accomplishment, that you pulled off this new endeavor. But there's the other part of it, that you actually didn't get stale. You know, I just read a big article the Wall Street Journal had about dementia. And part of staving off dementia is, of course, health and how you take care of your body and exercising and diet. But they also talked a lot about cognition. There's people that want to, there are people who just, all they want to do is be retired. And like, what will you do then? When you force yourself into a new category by reinventing, it does something to your brain. And it might keep you fresh, it keeps you sharp, it keeps you around, it keeps you relevant, but also it may just keep you from developing dementia. So talk about why you got to reinvent. I think that those are all compelling reasons on a personal and professional level, and one must go hand in hand with the other. You know, I talk about it in the book, Do Business Better. At the end of the book, I talk about the person and the profession, the business and the home. Pretending that there is a complete separation is ridiculous. We are humans. None of us really can leave the office of the office. Some certain amount of your work is your person and your person is your work. It's just the way it goes. It's completely acceptable. Of course, you don't want to be a mess where you can't sleep at night because of the, the job. But some of us that run our own enterprises have that. It's not something you can easily do separating the two all the time. So you personally and professionally reinvent. So when the realization that all this moves in lockstep, your person, your profession, your business, your home life, your money, you ever notice when people go to hell in a handcart, it tends to be everything all at once. Their business is bad, their money is bad, their relationships get bad, and then of course their health and well-being gets bad. Usually everything moves in lockstep together. Prosperity moves forward together. Uh, excitement of new endeavors moves forward together. So you either spin out of control all together, personally and professionally, or you let the two work together in unison, walking lockstep down the aisle of prosperity. How to go about doing this? Okay, first off, you don't want to wait until you're backed into a corner. Uh, I can give you story after story. You know, obviously, everybody knows about Blockbuster. That's the, the big, uh, most telling example. But another example I use is Kodak. If you're of a certain age, you know about Kodak. Kodak created the Kodak moment. If you're older than about 35 or 40 years old, you remember the ads, creating a Kodak moment. There is no Kodak moment anymore. In fact, Kodak had its moment, and they lost it. People take more pictures today than have ever been taken. Of course, they use it with their phone. They do it with their phones. They may not develop them. They probably don't develop them. They put them on social formats. But if people are taking so many photos, why is Kodak not in the game? They had the dominant technology. They had the dominant market position just 30 years ago, 20 years ago. What happened? Well, they rest on their laurels. They became a commodity mindset. You can read the articles about them and, and profiling them. Kodak thought their competition was Polaroid. You get that? Kodak thought their competition was Fuji. On the film side, it was Fuji. On the picture-taking side, it was Polaroid. And then, of course, there was Olympus and Canon and some of the other uh, camera companies. But Kodak was a film company, not a camera company. Kodak didn't think that their competition was this new technology where you just snap it and stick it up on some social media site. They rested on their laurels. They got complacent. They got comfortable. They were a Dow 30 component. They were one of the 30 companies that we thought were indicative of the United States economy. 
So they got backed into a corner and they will never come back. Yeah, there's some patents that they have. And I saw recently, I posted on social media that Kodak is now selling their logo to be like on clothes for millennials or post-millennials who thought it was cool. It's vintage. Well, when your brand now is that you're extinct, outdated, and people think it's cool, it's like you wanting to buy a, a tailgate for a Studebaker pickup truck to put in your shop. That'd be cool. But wouldn't it be better for Studebaker if they were still in business versus just being a collectible Tailgate, that's what Kodak has become. So you wait until you're in a corner, you start making bad decisions. You wait until you're backed against the wall and you have no choice but to reinvent, you're gonna be more desperate. You know, the desperate mind and the desperate body and the desperate business tend to do desperate things. You've heard the old saying, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. You don't wanna be backed against the wall before you reinvent. So you wanna be a little more proactive. So how do you do this? You're saying, Damien, what do I do? Well, here's a couple of very easy to apply tips on your personal and professional and business reinvention. First off, I always talk about breaking down tape. I recorded a podcast about breaking down tape. What breaking down tape is, to those of us that have a comedy background, I would go back to my room after my comedy show back in the old days, sit in my hotel room, and then play back on a cassette recorder my show. And it forced me to hear my act the way my audiences heard my act. And then you can also do this with video, just like a football team is forced to go in on the Monday after their football game, and they listen and watch the video of their game because they're breaking down tape to see how they can improve at this. So what you wanna do is analyze yourself from your customer's perspective. You want to see yourself as the marketplace sees you. And when you do that, you make yourself so much stronger. So. First step to reinvention is looking at yourself with a critical eye the way the customer and the marketplace see you. You will very quickly, if you're honest, and most people cannot be, if you're able to give yourself self-critical analysis, if you are able to do that, you will see your vulnerabilities. You will see what the customer sees, and you'll also see where your weaknesses are, where your vulnerabilities are, where you might be at the risk of extinction. This is hard for people to do, which is why they never make the change. They think, oh, it's about change. Sometimes it's not that they're afraid to make the change. It's that they're unwilling to admit they have to. Do you hear that? It's not that they're unwilling to make a change. It's that they are unwilling to admit the need to change. So that's what we're talking about here. Second thing you do, besides looking at yourself and breaking down tape from the critical analysis to see your vulnerabilities, you start compiling your strengths. Now you've already discovered your weaknesses in the customer's eyes and the marketplace's eyes. Now you start compiling your strengths. What does your company already do well? What are you amazing at? Are you amazing at slam dunks by standing in the paint? Good. Now where can you capitalize on that by packaging it with something else? In my book, I call it harnessing your talent stack. Talent stack is a, a term that was created by the creator of Dilbert, Scott Adams, and he talks about your talent stack. What things can you align what things can you intentionally put together that will help you make your game better? And then you might say, wait a minute, I hadn't even thought about the fact that we're already doing this product. We already offer this service. We're really, really dominant in this space. And here's this other thing that we haven't done for 10 years. What if we rolled that back out? Voila, you just intentionally lined up things that you have strengths and background in. So take a piece of paper out and say, all right, I need to reinvent. Where do I start? 
All right, well, what have you done? Every job that you've ever had. What about your education? What about the classes you've taken? What about the training you've had? What about the background? What were you raised around? What was constant in your life? What thing did you know and do as a kid or a teenager or a college person that you have almost forgotten about? Is there any way you can thread all those things together? We're talking about harvesting your past. You know, Steve Martin, in his book, Born Standing Up, talks about his first appearance on The Tonight Show. After he did his set, cut to commercial, he approached Johnny Carson, or Johnny Carson approached him, and the late-night legend said to Steve Martin, son, to be successful in this business, you'll use everything you've ever learned. Now, why would that be true just in comedy or on show business and not in your business? Of course it isn't. What's in your toolbox? What are you using? What can you use? What tools have you forgotten about? Where do you have talent or background or education or history or training or skills that you've not thought about? That is harvesting your talent stack. I told you why you need to reinvent. I told you how you can go about reinventing. I told you to look at yourself from the customer and the marketplace's perspective. You'll be amazed at what you see. If you're honest, most people can't do the critical analysis to admit their extinction risk. Do these things and you will be around for the next year next five years, next 10 years, because that is, after all, the goal of reinvention. I wish you well on this, and I wish you well as you go out and attempt to do business better. Till next time, I'm Damian Mason.